0: This is Take a Cue, Episode 4. Whoever is up top on the tower is running the rehearsal, and a lot of the times I tend to be up there, mm-hmm. but I do not want to be up there the whole time. It kind of turns into Charlie Brown's parents, you know, if I keep hearing the same mistake over and over again, mm-hmm. it, it kind of you kind of go numb from it. So especially if it's a visual rehearsal, Erin uh, will get up top and, and she'll run things. If it's a color guard moment, focus. We even got a color guard staff member up there. We try and get other staff members up top running the rehearsals because we all hear things and see things differently.
1: Hello and welcome to Take a Cue. I am Jen Wise, a 4th and 5th grade instrumental music teacher.
2: And I'm Eric Dunno, 8th grade band and jazz band director.
1: We're two veteran educators with over 35 years of experience teaching music in New Jersey public schools between the two of us, and we are excited to bring teaching experience and insights to you.
2: That's right. Whether you're just starting out in your teaching career or you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music education and teaching.
1: We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you tune in. Before we begin, if you enjoy our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things.
2: First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then make sure you
1: rate the podcast and leave a review.
2: It helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate
1: it. We sure do. Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear on the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We are Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
2: So Jen, what's going on?
1: Uh, Actually, not a whole lot. It's been a quiet week. Nice. Um, yeah, I was home last night. I got to unplug, and uh, my husband went out and played with a big band. So yeah, it was it was good. It That's was, awesome. How about you? Uh, it was.
2: Um, there's a lot going on. Just a couple nights ago, got back from DCI East in Allentown. Oh. I don't normally go to a lot of DCI shows. I haven't been in in a few years, so it was really nice to get out to like Jay Bernie Crumb uh, High School football field i mean that place is enormous it's huge. <laughs> that's
0: yeah. a great place to see drum corps a lot of drum corps history yeah. there. oh hey lou walked in Hello. hey hey guys Hello. we're talking marching band today right yes nice. we
1: are and uh yeah that's what i really wish i was able to do yesterday was watch uh, dci quarterfinals in the theater they throw they show it here in the theaters in jersey so yeah. well what well we
0: did with our rehearsal last night is we ended early and we ended up being using flow marching you know online mm-hmm. We watched Crossman, my old uh, team. We watched Phantom Regiment. uh, We watched Mandarins and then watched Cavaliers. So it was great to show the kids, especially the new kids that have no idea what marching band drum corps is, show them the the highest level of the activity.
2: Yeah, I I remember seeing my first DCI live event back when I was probably eight in Buffalo. It was amazing. And I, I just I never forgot it, even to this day. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I remember my first show, a drum corps show, it was 1998. I think somebody here might have been performing there. So I, yeah.
0: I was a soloist mm-hmm. with the Crossman. Uh, if you listen to the ballad that mm-hmm. year,
1: yeah,
0: uh, that was my 13 notes of fame. I, so I start the ballad by myself.
1: Wow, amazing!
0: Oh, Pat Matheny show with Crossman, It that's, was great.
1: That's so cool. cool. Today, we're here to talk about the marching arts, and we're here to get Lou's, uh, Lou's take on everything as well. So,
2: Should we dive in, Jen? Let's
1: do it. All let's right. go. After the
2: break, Lou Kelly. Three, two, one. I'm really excited today. As am I. Because it's our first guest episode,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and today we have none other than Lou Kelly. Hello. Welcome,
1: Lou. <laughs>
2: and we're really excited to have you here, Lou.
0: I'm happy to be here.
2: Yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about marching band today mm-hmm. and uh, and and all the stuff that makes marching band tick. Uh, Lou is director of bands at West Orange High School in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of his bio here. Uh, he started teaching at West Orange High School in the fall of 2000, and is Currently teaching the Wind Ensemble, Jazz Ensemble, and Marching Mountaineers. He also teaches Advanced Placement Music Theory and Instrumental Lessons for Symphonic Winds, Concert Band, and Ninth Grade Band. So, Lou does a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Under Lou's direction, all of his groups have received superior ratings and honors at local, regional and national festivals and competitions. The Wind Ensemble has recently been selected to perform at the prestigious National Concert Band Festival, as well as the New Jersey State Concert Band Gala for 12 consecutive years and the 2018 NJMEA convention. Lou's also been instrumental in creating the Indoor Color Guard and Indoor Percussion Program's at West Orange High School.
1: But wait, there's more. Lou is also the co-chair for the band division of the North Jersey School Music Association, that's NJSMA,
0: which we did together and do you mm-hmm. remember those yes. uh, letters from I, podcast
2: 1?
1: I do. I do. I I uh I, <laughs> North I Jersey, Jersey School, School Music, Music Association, Association. Yep. NJSMA. That's it.
2: I told you we'd get called out on that.
1: I know. I know. Um and uh and I uh, he, he also guest conducted both NJSMA Symphonic and ninth grade bands and adjudicated the Middle School Concert Band Festival uh, over there. He's been very active with the North Jersey area band and all state band organizations as festival chair, committee member, manager uh, and audition chairperson. Lou also, um, a little bit about his education background, he has a Bachelor of Music from William Patterson University and a Master of Arts uh, in Education as well. He directed the instrumental program at Morris Plains. So maybe we'll hear more about that soon. Hey, you and um, me both. <laughs> yeah. We
2: both taught at Morris
0: Plains. Everybody <laughs> taught at Morris Plains.
1: Yep. <laughs> and he's been involved in marching band, uh, in the marching arts uh, for over 20 years. And that's what we're here to, to talk about today. He's been part of various drum corps and, and uh, on the staff of the Bushwhackers Drum and Bugle Corps. And he currently resides in Byron Township with his wife, Sarah, and his sons, Beckett and Miles.
0: And I'm lucky
2: to be here. Yeah. yeah. We're Thank really you for having me. having me. This is great. Thanks, Lou. Thanks. Let's talk marching man. So, Lou, start off today with us just kind of giving us a little quick rundown. How did you get involved in music? How did you get involved in the marching arts specifically? Because that's what we're here to talk to. Yeah. I uh, talk to you about today.
0: So, like you, I wanted to play the drums. And uh, nobody in my family was musically inclined. So, I, I think that my mother was just like you're not going to stick with this. You can't play the drums. It's going to be too loud, too much, whatever. So uh, I think trumpet was my second choice, but that was too expensive. But the trombone was my third choice. And guess what? Uh, In Parsippany where I grew up, that was a free uh, instrument. You don't have to pay to rent a, a trombone. So that's where I ended up. She said, oh, that's free, perfect, the right price. There you go. So I And I have a distinct memory of the first con- concert, Christmas concert, sitting next to this guy who also played trombone in fourth grade. And I remember moving my slide and having no idea what was going mm-hmm. on. Fifth grade, who knows? Mm-hmm. Sixth grade, something clicked. Something clicked in middle school. And I got into it, and, and I kind of figured out what to do and how to play and Actually started fooling around on piano even a little bit, taking a little bit of lessons, got to high school. All right, here we go. And then started marching drum corps and doing all this and then going to college. And, and it Where was, did you march? Uh, I started with the Bushwhackers in 1992. I was very fortunate to be uh, a part of two great drum corps. They, the 1992, they won uh, the DCA World Championship and the 1993 Undefeated World Championship. So I was... I was 14 and 15 years old doing this. And were you
2: marching um, baritone? Yeah,
0: Yeah. I I marched baritone. And and something that I do with actually my high school band, which we can get to later, is we don't march trombones. We only march baritones. And that's what I did in high school. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, wait. You don't use trombones on the field? We do not march trombones. We, we did actually once when a kid played a solo for Malaguania, but that's a different story. So we don't march trombones. And I didn't march trombones in high school either, even though I'm a trombone player. And that's where I, I learned this from. This I guess you could say learned this trick. Um, there's, there's a couple different reasons, but from an educational standpoint, um, what I see is that it's difficult to learn articulation on a trombone because there's things that you can slur and things that you can't slur, even though there's a slur marked. So that's a big teaching hurdle for a lot of elementary and middle school trombone players. So what we do at the high school, uh, West Orange high school is that we have all of our trombone players, March baritone, and we've had baritone sections as big as 12 or 13. And about half of those kids are actually baritone players. And about half of those kids are actually trombone players. What it does for the trombone players, is it just opens up their sound because the bore of the instrument is different, and it also helps them uh, with their articulation on the trombone because now they can slur on a baritone like every other instrument learns. You Mm -hmm. articulate the first note, you keep the air moving, you don't tongue the next note unless it's marked, et cetera, et cetera, but you can't really do that on trombone. So when you're doing that on a baritone, it's like, whoa this is what everybody's talking about <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> moving the air through yeah. the phrase now and, they yeah. know
2: what yeah now they know what everybody's doing right,
1: right. Yeah.
0: there's from a visual perspective yeah that like trombones looks terrible on the field when you yeah. gotta like <laughs> oh yeah raise you're out in seventh position and you gotta
2: raise your slide up yeah. to go or, over or people. if their oh. posture isn't exactly perfect it's just amplified oh yeah oh, it's, the... it's
0: it's silly and from a program perspective the the trombone players play baritone guess what the baritone players now do for, for jazz band?
1: <laughs>
0: oh, they okay. play trombone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So it's it's almost like when you're a trombone player at our school, you're also a baritone player. When you're a baritone player, you're also a trombone player. Because je- you're going to use the same usually 6.5 AL mouthpiece on both horns. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really helps the education of the brass player to be able to do both. And it helps your jazz band. It helps your marching band. I mean, the sound of 12 baritones. Oh, yeah. That's a big sound. Nice. That's great. So I marched uh, Bushwhackers and from 92 to 97. Then I marched Crossman in 98 and then went back to Bush uh, 99 through 2001. I played Contrabass a couple years in there as well. And eventually I did one year of writing for Bush uh, and then uh, kind of said, all right, I'm, I love drum corps. I, I think I love marching band more. You know, mm-hmm. Some people say, whoa, yeah, I, I, I love marching band. I love teaching marching band, band camp. I, I, I love the season. I love the fall. I, football games are fine, mm-hmm. but uh, I love it all. And so it, when I was in high school going to Parsippany, that's where kind of the, the interest was peaked, And there was, a re- there was a crew of us that, that went to school together that are all still in music, all of us, did drum corps, did marching band, did the whole thing and then did it together. And it was a a lot of fun for a lot of years. I think that's what, you know, getting to the overall kind of, yeah, we're talking about marching band, but we're talking about music. We're talking about music education and we had a a lot of fun together, but that, that can be
2: for another podcast. Yeah. That's a
1: real community. That's really neat.
2: Oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To have that, um, that connection to so many people in the profession. Um, I, I sometimes wonder if, Some of our colleagues in other um, areas, you know, uh, other teaching areas, I wonder if they have those same kind of networks and connections that we're so lucky to have as music teachers, at least here in northern New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great.
0: So after college, I went, uh, I got a phone call uh, in December from a friend of ours, Mike, who taught at uh, Morristown and Parsippany and said, Hey, um, there's a maternity leave position open uh would you be interested in filling it mid-year because i graduated mid-year and i said sure i'm i got i'm looking for something to do kind of and when does it start he said you could start tomorrow hmm. oh so I called
2: up the principal, uh, Ed Payone, who's a great guy. I love that, that he's from a dist- different district telling you you can start tomorrow. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> but basically, the position was open. Sure. And, and they wanted
0: to put together, because they, they didn't even have a winter concert, and it was just I just got thrown in, wow. and it was a great learning experience. And I'd still be there today if I didn't still have that itch. And part of that itch is marching band, but part mm-hmm. of that itch is high
2: school. So uh, when you went to west orange um, from morris plains talk to me about what the program was that you stepped into
0: the district was really doing well um, when i was hired and and for me it was just a matter of trying to not just be a good district for music trying to be a great district one of the things that craig davis always talked to me about was having a well-rounded program and i think if i never met I think I would have had a great marching band yeah and that 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 probably <laughs> would have been yeah. it you know I really learned what a program could and should be uh, from Craig and and that's really kind of like when I was hired at West Orange and I we have tremendous support there and at the time the superintendent Jerry Tarnoff you know he's, he he just wanted us to, to have a a great program so he uh, well supported not only from a financial perspective but from also you, know, you want to do this okay mm. we'll do it
1: tell us a little bit more about the the community of of west orange like what you know what's what's how diverse is it and um and you know the community within the school
0: I don't think it gets much more diverse than West Orange. It's pretty much your United Nations of schools, the way we look at it. I mean, if you go to the website, I think there's something like 60 something native languages spoken throughout the schools. It's a big district. We have 22 kids, at uh, 2,200 kids at the high school. I think 11 schools. Uh, so it's a big place. It's a very diverse place. Uh, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it it's, 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 I don't know how I ended up there, but I ended up there, and it's it's really a great place. The energy from the diverse community and, the, and it's it's incredible.
2: When you started at West Orange, were the numbers in your program kind of similar to where they are now? And, and I don't ask about the numbers from a standpoint of numbers are everything. I mean, I think you ask any music teacher, and they'll tell you it's not the case. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just kind of curious to get a, uh, a a picture of where where you started there and where it's gone to. It's it's not terribly
0: larger. I mean, uh, you know, I can't take credit for freshman band, for ninth grade band, because, you know, that's the work of the, the feeder schools mm-hmm. who all do a tremendous job. I mean, we've had a ninth grade band of 112. And then we've had some smaller groups, more like in the 50 range, but I know that if, when I talk about a freshman band of 50, some people are saying, Whoa, I wish I, I had a freshman band of 50. So I understand that uh, we are in a good position. And, and, and I mean, I guess I think the thing that's grown the most is actually the, the concert bands. Mm. You know, the, the marching band is the face of our program. And, and right. uh, we all know that. But the heart of our teaching is at the inside band. So when I was hired, we had a ninth grade band, we had a concert band, and we had a wind ensemble and uh the the that middle band all of the sudden started to get big too big you know yeah. what over 100 kids so that's when we went to four bands and when things were really cranking before the pandemic you know the wind ensemble's about 50. the second band would be about 55 60. the third band would be in that 40 to 50 range and then freshman band some is generally somewhere in that 70 to 90 range so healthy numbers um, but we we have problems just like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, some years you don't get any French horns some years you don't get any euphoniums and uh, But but I'm lucky to teach in a school that also we have three band directors at the high school So myself full-time Aaron full-time and Josh is part-time But he works at the high school and he has one elementary school which is conveniently across the street where he teaches so we're able to tackle things as a team. Mm-hmm. God bless all of you high school band directors that are by yourselves out there. Yeah,
1: really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know how you do it because I know that I couldn't do the job that I do by myself. So if, if you want to talk about marching men, let's kind of steer our, our conversation yeah, towards marching men. Is,
1: is it open to everybody? Uh, mm-hmm. Marching band? Marching band those? is
0: volunteer. Because mm-hmm. if we did have, if you had to be in marching band, We're in we're in the band. We'd have sometimes over two hundred kids on the field. That'd be fun, but that's a that's a lot. So,
2: what's your definition of fun? It'd be loud.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we have you know it's a volunteer program, and uh, you know generally we're over a hundred. After the pandemic, you know I think that's the smallest band I've ever had teaching there. I think we marched eighty (laughs) five this year. We're about ninety five marching band at our school. Is, is is I don't want to call it cool because that's kind of a uh, an expression, a old an word. old person word. But <laughs> it's so it's, it's, so it's
1: lit. It's it's it. it's, it's lit. Uh, there was a,
0: there was another word the kids were using the other day. and Now I don't even remember it. I'll have to think about it. But uh, it's it's an in group to be in in our school. You know, people look at the marching men say, "Oh yeah, the marching men." So we've got a we've got a good tradition going on. We've got a good thing going on within our community, within our school, and uh, we're just we're, we're just trying to keep it rolling.
2: Can you, for the listeners who may not be familiar with West Orange, um, can you give like a thirty second description of the type of marching band that you run? We we run a drum corps style
0: marching band. So if we're you know if we're watching DCI. You know, we're, 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 my, we're, our goal is to kind of be like those drum cores, or if you want to look at BOA and, and, and compete in those venues, we're trying to compete with that. Um, if we want to look at, uh, the band itself, I want to approach our marching band, like we would approach concert band. And, and that's, that's, de- that's number one approach. I was doing a rehearsal last night and I almost felt like I was doing a wind ensemble rehearsal at one point. And, and I thought that was like the greatest thing ever. My, mm-hmm. The kids were attentive. The kids were, were into it. The kids were playing well. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that we talk about with our band is that the approach inside is the same outside. So that when when we have the the, 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 the program itself, you know, We don't look at the marching band as being something completely different from the rest of the program. The marching band and the concert bands and all those things, they're melded together. I think in in some places, you look at the marching band and it's like a separate animal. Right. Our whole our whole program is integrated, especially the color guard. When we talk about that, we're having an indoor color guard, having indoor percussion ensemble, having all these things that go year round to keep the kids involved, keep the kids learning, to keep the kids buying in.
1: So let's switch gears a little bit. Can we talk? like nuts and bolts of your season, nuts and bolts of your year. Um, How do you, what's, what does the year look like in planning and preparation and where, where do you start?
0: Well, we're going to start talking about next year soon. Okay. So one of the things that we love to do as a staff is just to banter, especially during the current season, when we're, when you're, when you're in, the, in the slog of the season and things are messy and we're learning, we say, well, what about next year? What, wouldn't, wouldn't this music be cool? You know, when we're kind of in our breaks and stuff. You know, not really seriously, just kind of talking random music. Be, and I think that for us, or for me really specifically, is I want to play music and I want to teach music that inspires me. If 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 I can't listen to it and and groove and and, and love it, I don't want to teach it. And and especially with marching band, oh sure. Uh, when you're hearing it every day, and and because I write the music, I, I arrange the the wind charts. I'm I'm literally living with this music for months and months and months before the season even starts. I gotta love it, and 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 I think that's important when we're teaching music to kids to to impart that love of music on them that we're into it too mm-hmm. so we we started talking last fall about this New York City show and then usually once the actual season is done maybe December we'll start we'll have our first staff meeting and start to put a couple ideas out there um, you know we talked about for this year maybe doing a Sondheim show since he recently passed and there's like I've always wanted to do send in the clowns and the, so the, mm-hmm. you, you kind of like, our, one of our visual guys, Lewis, um, who kind of does the program design, he's also named Lewis. We call him Lulu. So just so that we're, okay. you know, just for clarity's sake, we'll yeah. use the, the colloquial uh, Lulu. Lulu, got it. And uh, Lulu, um, he was talking about doing a Sondheim show. And I, I said, oh, I love Sending the Clowns and, and Sweeney Todd. And we started bantering about. So we usually try and narrow it down to maybe like three show ideas. January we revisit we let it kind of stew and and it, this is not usually like a big meeting it's usually myself uh Erin who also uh is one of the band directors and Lewis and and, and maybe one or two other people we just kind of talk about uh excuse me Lulu we talk about <laughs> things and, and try and get a direction so this year we came up with the idea of a New York City show and It's coming along great. And uh, then we just, we we pick the music. Um, Lulu, who does our kind of program design from a visual perspective, gets these big spreadsheets going and all these pictures and what the flags could be and what the props could be. And and, and we start just thinking big in terms of visually him, him and Aaron, especially and I kind of go on a deep dive on the music side of things, making sure that we're picking literature, obviously, that the kids can play mm-hmm. and that I can arrange. And that will work with the strengths and, and also the work around the weaknesses of the band year to year. And I start
2: writing the music. So
1: are, are you storyboarding all this? Oh, yeah, yeah, storyboard. OK, yeah.
2: Right. Be- Before you've actually begun to arrange oh, yeah. the music, yeah. you've got an idea how it's going to flow visually as well as musically.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a give and take. And, and, and I don't want to say that one thing drives the bus. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes there's a visual idea that we say, oh, that would be cool. What music would make that work? Mm-hmm. But I'd say probably 60% of the time, maybe 75, uh, it, it's music you know, music driven. I mean, I'm writing it, so right. that's, that's <laughs> how it's going it to go most band, of the time. Right. And it's yep. a marching band. So the music is going to drive the bus and and the visual component is going to complement that and yeah. and one of the things that I think and I'm going to sound like a little bit of a dinosaur right now is that sometimes with DCI a little bit right now I feel like that the shows have lost a little bit of melodic or harmonic continuity. I think I may just made up a word.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, continuity. They, continuity. Yeah. There's the word I'm yeah. looking
0: for it, it, it. Sometimes it's starting with some of the chords, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to get a little random in terms of, 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 transitions and tunes and things.
1: I don't think you're sounding like a dinosaur because I think you, you've made several good points already. Like you're picking music that you want to live with. You're picking music. That's quality. You're picking music. That's going to engage your students they need to play this, the tune <laughs> and, right. and that's, that's important. And I think, uh, I think when you do see a program that's like, Oh, that little motif, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of it, but they made that visual moment happen. Okay. I get it. But, uh, yeah, you've already made like several, uh, good points towards, towards having, you know, and I think there's a, there's happening. something
2: to be said for actually doing a show that maybe is a little different style than DCI mm-hmm. for high schoolers. I mean, to right. have them actually know the tune, Right, as opposed to a little snippet here and there that are kind of interspersed with ten other snippets. Yeah, and you're doing snippets
0: to a certain degree. For instance, we're mm-hmm. using uh, Johann Demaj's uh, Big Apple Symphony this year, mm-hmm. and that's like a twenty minute something piece. You and it's have a- them playing the whole thing? No, no, <laughs> uh, and, and not all the notes either. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we we, we uh, I try and when I'm when we're condensing something, we say we try and take the highlights. But you still try and keep. For me, as an arranger, I'm still trying to keep the the musical intent there mm-hmm. the, of the composer, and not trying to, and not taking it so out of context and so out of order that it doesn't make sense musically. Sure. So that's that's the arranging part for me. So as I'm writing things, uh, you know, we're, we're going back and forth visually throughout the spring, and usually I try and have the opener done for March. For us as a marching band program, we have a St. Patrick's Day parade every year. Uh, March one is a big date for me in my head because uh, we're gonna be in the middle of parade practices. We're also gonna open up registration for next season And during one of my parade practices, we're gonna read the opener
2: for next year. So do you announce the show at that point
0: or do the kids already know it? Yeah, we we announce it at that point. Top secret, I'll I'll throw out some teasers once in a while Mm because the kids are all excited, what are we playing, what's the show, what's the show? And I love that and I wanna tease them and and get them kinda engaged. Going back to our uh, March 1st, we announce the show, we play through the opener, we talk about next year, and, and throughout the rest of the spring, the staff, as we're working through things, uh, and then the visual staff, especially Lulu, who does the overall program design, says, all right, uh, to me, you know, Luke, uh, why don't you make that shorter? Uh, I'm not so crazy about that. Why don't you flip that? And we, we, we negotiate. We go back and forth to make the show from an overall perspective the best it can be from a show flow standpoint.
2: So after um, the parade practices and you've done the St. Patrick's Day parade, what does your rehearsal schedule look like before the end of school through June?
0: We after the pandemic we did something called spring training, which was about five Tuesday nights for two hours, just to kind of the reason why we did it after the pandemic is we didn't play in the stands when during the pandemic year. Hmm. We literally showed up, played halftime, went home. We did a queen show, it was fun, the band did a great job with it, but we didn't play in the stands. Wow. So I had last year, two years of kids, the freshman and the sophomore, who never played any of the stand music. So the initial idea of spring training was to try and jog the kids' memories and, and, and get the stand tunes going. Mm-hmm we decided to keep it this year because it was successful and the kids were into it and we tried not to do too much. Marching band should not run our show. Uh, and we don't want to spend too much time doing it so that it becomes a chore. We want to just do enough to, 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 to keep things going. So we did, I think four or five spring training rehearsals and then we take a couple weeks off. Um, and by then the show's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drum books are being written the battery and uh, the front ensemble stuff is being written color guard work is starting to be choreographed and then we start on tuesday nights in july uh, we do a six to nine on a tuesday usually the week after uh fourth of july we do a couple weeks of tuesday nights and then we do one uh week of tuesday and thursday night and we do one week of Tuesday and Thursday 1 to 9 a full 8-hour rehearsal
2: and these are all mandatory for anybody who's in marching band
0: yeah and 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 we try to be reasonable about kids going to camp kids going on vacation i missed a week of rehearsals cuz i was on vacation
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we we try and make sure that the that family comes first and that the kids know that Yes, they have a responsibility to be at all the rehearsals. But if your family is going on vacation, please go. Don't yeah. don't don't schedule your schedule your vacation around band camp. But other than that, right? Let's yeah you know, do, do your thing. And uh, so we after we do those two one to nine rehearsals, we do band camp, and then we keep those one to nines Tuesday Thursday going for a couple weeks until school starts. Mm-hmm. All of our rehearsals will pretty much cover the same stuff. You know we're always going to do a visual warm-up we're always going to do a musical warm-up and we're always going to work on music separately from drill we're always going to work on drill separately from music and we're always going to put them together i think that's an important component of rehearsing marching band
1: um what what does your uh basics Block look like? What a, or is it a block? Right. <laughs> yeah. What What well, does your it is basics, a, a basics
2: look snake, like? A basic snake. Well, well
1: for, for us, <laughs> you'd be surprised. It, it does actually
0: look like a snake sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was joking, but okay. I've been corrected. No, and, 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 and thank God I don't run it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, going
0: back to that idea of uh, multiple band directors at the high school, I really am fortunate that I, I get to worry about the music mm-hmm. and, and plan the music parts and, and can really sit down and look at the front ensemble music, look at the battery music, look at the wind charts. I know the wind charts, I wrote them and center our rehearsals around that. And then Erin, who has a dance background as well as being a great musician, um, she kind of focuses on the visual part of the rehearsals. So, and, and she she has a dance background, so she does dance class with the kids. Mm. So n- not just marching, but but the, the, the drum line, everybody except for the front ensemble, We do a little bit of dance class, especially this time of year at the start of rehearsals, just to get the kids comfortable moving. Mm -hmm. Because some of them sit in front of that iPad all summer and they are not very comfortable moving Yeah.
2: Well, no. And I mean, you you look at a 14 year old and um, sometimes I liken my middle schoolers in eighth grade to like boxers, like the boxer, the dog. Boxers are like perpetual puppies. They have no idea how big they are. They have no idea what their arms and their legs and, you know, are doing. Um, So, yeah, I imagine that, you know, that's great for kids who especially haven't done this before. Maybe this is the first, you know, movement intensive activity they've done. And depending on the length of the rehearsal is the percentage
0: of that we'll do all these things. But we usually do a little bit of dance class. And then we do a little bit of your traditional basics. I'm very lucky that uh, Aaron's husband, Mark, and Chris, who's also on my staff, marched for many years of cadets. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, that, that kind of technique program is borrowed from the cadets and brought over here, and, and not only just in terms of uh, the marching style and the marching technique, but also how to rehearse. That's, that's a big part of our program that's that's constantly evolving too, um, using the metronomes, using Dr. B, using little tricks, little things like, you know, if, if, if you know what I'm talking about, stick with me, one hand, two hand. When we do a rehearsal, uh, the drum major will uh, give the instructions. One hand, see that everybody's ready to go. Second hand, basically means set without saying set. And and little little things like that can help rehearsals move quicker and more efficiently, which we need to do because marching men is very limited. Our championships this year is October 30th
1: well before November.
0: Oh yeah, before mm-hmm. November. So our season is done. I mean, we we do that cuz that's what the the New Jersey Marching Band Directors Association, that's where their championship is and we love that date. Because it's really before it gets way too cold, Mm -hmm. you know. There's been years where we're shoveling snow off of uh, yard lines, (laughs) and and that's not going to sound good. We have a November concert. We have a fall concert that all four bands participate in, and we don't rehearse marching band during the school day. It's only after school. Uh, Our rehearsal schedules—I don't want to call it heavy. I don't want to call it light. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we've figured out just right. You know, we do Tuesday nights for color guard. This year, we have Wednesday after school for winds and percussion. And then we have Thursday nights, full band. And then you have Friday, football sure. games, Saturday competitions.
1: You started to talk about like what the drum major looks like on the podium and... Uh, how do you introduce that to your, your kids? Like, it sounds like you have a lot of, a lot of staff around, but like, how does your student leadership go, go along with that? What does your student leadership look like? Did they, did they help you drive that rehearsal technique?
0: Yeah. I I think I talk a lot about to the students that this is all about them. If they don't want to buy into the program and do it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I probably got at least seven to 10 more years to do this and maybe next year's band will do it the the student leadership it, it's about them taking ownership of the program and what they do so i really put uh, i put a ton on our student leadership to make sure that things are going the way they should and it's and it's a machine we we don't change a lot every year in terms of how we rehearse but we do change a little bit you know so there's every you know, we've added more dance into our rehearsals so we're fortunate that the new kids don't look around and say what what are those people doing this is nuts Mm -hmm. the upperclassmen they just do it right and Mm -hmm. and 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 they just know that this is my 23rd year at west orange high school and, and i guess we've just built it enough to the point where that the program the kids just know that 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 it's, that they're doing this for good reasons that 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 we're not we're not selling them some mislabeled package of goods like this is going to be a fun experience we're going to be a great band but we got to work together to do it and and, I, and they should work harder than me i tell them that all the time but they should be working harder than me if i'm the hardest person working in
2: the room this rehearsal ain't gonna go well. Mm-hmm. I've said that to my kids so many times. I do too, guys. I can't be the I can't be the one that's like the most tired after our mm-hmm. rehearsal. Yeah, no. I can't. So okay, so I I want to get into the secret sauce. So the kids walk in to band camp day one. They've had their summer rehearsals. What do they see? First, they're gonna check Slack.
0: Slack is this app that I have not touched in my life, but I know about it because the student leadership uses it, and so that a. Ninth grade clarinet player will look at the slack and know oh 8:30 on Sunday I need to be on the practice field or 1 pm on uh, next Tuesday I need to be in the orchestra room for woodwind sectionals so the student leadership uses slack to communicate for, for example, uh, we uh, for a rehearsal that's this week I would set a schedule probably, somewhere around 24 hours in advance cuz you don't want to plan too far in advance cuz you never know what's going to change but you don't want to wait till 5 minutes before so we kind of have it scheduled and around what staff is going to be there what we need to accomplish and uh, I'll send that to the drum majors the, just in an email and then or a text and even uh, then the drum majors will put that out in the slack then that goes to the section leaders and to the rest of the band so that every not everybody's going to know where we're supposed to be at Tuesday because kids are kids, but the vast majority of the kids will know where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. And also have a,
2: a little bit of an idea of what the rehearsal is going to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I wanted to get into. Like, do they usually all start off together and then we break never, off, or We
0: never start all together. We usually start, I mean, our our, let's say our traditional Thursday night rehearsal, which is full band uh so we're big picture focus you know it'll be we'll do 15 to 20 minutes of marching basics with the winds and then we'll do 15 to 20 minutes 25 minutes of warm-up uh and and a little bit of music and while we're doing that the drum line is off in their own little corner of the world doing warm-up and basics the color guard is in their own little corner of the field doing their warm-up, the front ensemble is warming up so that then about anywhere from, let's say, on a Thursday night rehearsal, 6.30 to 6.45, we're all together. And, and that's usually going to be a full ensemble rehearsal. So we're GE-focused, we're big-picture-focused, whereas because we have sectionals the day before, two days before, that's where the color guard does the, the work that they need to do as, as a team, And that's where we'll do our nitty gritty musical work on the day before when it's just winds and percussion. So we're not, you know, doing a phrase a hundred times while the color guard's sitting there wasting their time. It sounds Mm -hmm. like a
2: very efficient way of structuring it. Yeah.
0: Which you have to be. be. Yeah. Yeah. You only have so much time during the marching band season.
1: Mm -hmm. And if you lose something because of rain, then you're in.
0: Uh, Well, well, that's where we luck out. This turf practice field, Mm -hmm. it could rain till. 5.59, 6 o'clock, we're good.
1: That's great. Let's keep going with this rehearsal. When everybody comes back together, what, what are you doing? What are you doing with the whole ensemble?
0: You know, usually, especially our Thursday night rehearsals, when everybody is all together, we're trying to do big picture moments, GE moments. You know, when we design the show, you know, there's usually like five GE moments in a show. The, the one that happens in the first 45 seconds, the one at the end of the opener, one point in the ballad, Somewhere in the early middle part of the closer and the end of your show. So we're going to try and fix either one or two of those spots or getting into one or two of those spots. But we're only going to really try and fix two things, maybe a rehearsal.
2: And you're doing this early on. Early on, you're focusing on the big GE moments early on in the season.
0: Yeah, you know, it it depends. Uh, We really try and, and learn all of the drill before school starts. You know, learning drill after school starts is miserable. Mm-hmm. So we really try and get the visual component of, you know, August is about drill. You know, uh, I'm the music guy, but August is about drill. And and we have a great drill writer, Jeff Sackdig, and he is the greatest drill writer in the world. Writes
2: for Car- uh,
0: Carolina Crown. He's, he's wrote for Cadets. It's Last year was the first year using him. We didn't change one set of drill
1: wow.
0: from, from when we learned it to the end of the season we didn't change or adjust one set it was it was great so once we learn it we're in good shape so that's that's when we can kind of make sure that the, once we get to September the program shifts to a I don't want to say an only music focus but definitely more of a music focus and that makes sense for the kids too cuz the kids aren't playing every day in August mm-hmm we want them to practice every day. We tell them to practice every day, but we all know that they are not practicing every day. September, they're definitely playing more because they're playing an inside band. So their the, the chops are building strength. The, the, the intonation is going to get better. The endurance is going to get better, all those things. So that's the time to focus on the music. Sure. And beginning of the season, you know, you, you, you focus. I, I don't think we're focusing necessarily on what is... There's a specific formula. You're just looking through the show. All right, these are the two worst moments in the show. These are the two spots that are messiest, musically or visually. And you just start to fix them. But I think that it's a mistake to try and do too much in a rehearsal. If our warm-up, you know, all the individual warm-ups take maybe half hour, 45 minutes. And then at the end of the rehearsal, you got maybe one or two run-throughs. So that's like the last 20 minutes. You only got two half-hour, 45-minute chunks where you're going to work on something. Really try and break it down. Really try and fix it. One of the things I've tried to talk talk to the kids this year already about is let's fix it once. Let's go slow. Let's be thoughtful. Let's be mindful about what we're doing. Let's fix it right so we never have to fix it ever again. Yeah. But I'm trying to be a little bit more deliberate about sure. About talking to the kids about let's take our time and do this right. Mm-hmm. You know, look at your dot card. Think about the music. What, what? What are your visual responsibilities? What are your musical responsibilities? What? Getting into this. What? Uh, getting out of this moment. What are those? And really take our time to do things the right way.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important, especially for young musicians, to take your time to get it right. Because I think as professional musicians and people who've done this for years. I don't know. I want to go in and fix something and say, I fixed it and move on to the next thing. And it's fixed. Right.
1: Right. I need the same way. No, I, I am. And I feel like, um, our post not, we're not post, I, I don't want to say post COVID bands, but our, our, our bands right now, after the initial hit of the pandemic need that, focus and they need that direction from us because it's not natural. They haven't had to, ha- they haven't had this experience any more than, than anybody around them. Um, so I, 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 I am on it. How involved are your students dot cards?
0: We, we have them printed out for them. Okay. We laminate them mm-hmm. and, and we have extras. I mean, they're, they're a huge part of our rehearsal because the kids need to be accountable for the music and their visual program. What do they carry around with them at rehearsals? It that it's it's a dot card that's laminated that literally has their dots for the whole show and some other, you know, the counts, stuff like that, and it's uh, on a shoestring. Any music in
2: there as well? No. Okay.
0: no that that should be memorized, we hope. And sure. I mean they have a notebook with plastic sheets so that if they need to uh, go check their notebook, they should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But we also have staff members going around the field that have drill and uh, music scores. So you ah, do so have to check notes.
2: So if a kid goes, out. okay, we're starting here, but I forget my part, they can just go to a staff member oh, yeah. or well, a yeah, you know, we, section leader. You have to
0: have that. Yeah, 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 you have to have that. Cool. I like that. At the end of the rehearsal, we always try and do two run throughs. Mm-hmm. You don't always have time to do it. I, I mean, I'm, I, I try and be a stickler about, all right, it's a six o'clock rehearsal, we're starting at six. And we're going to end at or before nine. I know that all right, if I want to do two run-throughs or I want to do a visual run-through and then a full run-through, eh, i got to plan around that and start those on time and then maybe sacrifice some of the rehearsal so that we can get maybe two run-throughs. Especially in the middle of the season, we like to get into two-run-through zone, beginning of the season you're too busy fixing stuff to have time to do two Mm run-throughs then towards the end of september things start to groove and then october you know things are really cooking and then right around mid-october we'll stop doing two run-throughs and go back to one because we're really going into fine details in those rehearsals another part of the rehearsals which i think i glossed over which i I think is important is that we have to do things right three times in a row nice we all know that trick yeah right but i think in marching band rehearsals i don't think we do that enough
2: it's easy to go okay well i I, i'm I'm worrying about this next thing right i well that was great right let's move on
0: yeah
2: they gotta they have to be able to do it three
0: times and three times in a row
2: Something I'm wondering about, because I've been involved with a couple different marching bands um, and they all do things a little bit differently. How do you structure your meetings with the student leadership and then the adult leadership outside of rehearsals?
0: Generally speaking, especially with the adults, because we're all busy and not all the staff members are teachers, we try not to have too many meetings. Meetings are the reason why the human race has not progressed further than we have today. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all know that. So if I I can put it in an email, get it out there, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And and with the student leadership, we'll we'll check in once in a while, uh, and maybe if there's an issue... You know, we'll we'll kind of convene the student leadership, which I don't mind ever doing. Uh, you know, some groups will go the route of, especially early in the season, doing like team building exercises and trust falls and things like that. We don't do that in West Orange. Our team building exercises. All right, let's clean page one to page two, and then our next team building exercise. Let's work together and clean page three, and 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 the work that we do is the team building exercise.
2: So my next question then to follow up is, how does your student leadership then know how to lead the group?
0: It's a tradition. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, takes a, and it takes some time to build. I don't want to say it take it takes a long time because it took me, I felt like, eight years for the kids to buy into what I was trying to sell. And, and then at that point, the student leadership of... The fourteen fifteen season. They they, they give me a shirt. It said World's Greatest Dad. And it said on the back, He was ours first. Like I get teared up thinking about those groups of kids,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and thinking that they would think that about me. I'm just yeah. I'm just a dopey band director. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and to wear that shirt and to and and, and to know that, that this is this is not about me. Uh, you know, even though the, the, they give me a shirt like that, but this is about them and this is about a tradition mm-hmm. and the other kids know that it, it's a machine. It keeps rolling this. And I think what we've, I think we've got enough roots in the ground in West orange. This is going to go past me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to be the band director forever. And, and, and whoever's next will hopefully build upon what we've, we've done it and, and change it and do what they want to do with it, but keep, keep this great tradition and that's really what the student leadership is about the The students learn from
2: each other
1: mm-hmm. so
2: you've got it you've got it in motion now they've done it for a year or two or three so they kind of know what's expected before they become student leaders
1: well i feel like i feel like that makes that makes a lot of sense to me just listening sure. to you talk about the structure of your rehearsals if if there's a structure kids feel empowered because they understand how to work with within the structure they understand what you know how to be successful within that structure I think I think they, they must feel very empowered by the consistency in the structure there
0: they have to do it. they if, if, if they don't understand what's going to be asked of them on a daily basis they they don't know what to do and, mm-hmm. and so it, it it helps them in their preparation too and they because they know they're going to be accountable mm-hmm. for dot cards for knowing their music things like that and then one of the things that that's important that I've talked about recently is that when you're a first year member, you have no idea what's going on for the entire season. And that's okay
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: for the entire season. But, yes. I like cause, that. Cause because uh, I mean, you, you might, don't know yeah. what championships feels like. You don't know what it's like to go to the first competition at Phillipsburg high school. You don't, you don't know any of this and you're lost. Then mm-hmm. your second year, you can just do your part. Cause you have like a grip. You, you know what to expect. You're here. You're grooving. You're doing it. And then as juniors and seniors, juniors, really, you kind of take more of a leadership role. You help everybody. You say, hey, this is what we're doing. And, and you do it really well. Sophomores, you're doing it. Juniors, you should be doing it really well. And seniors, that's where you give back. That's where you think about what that freshman, when you were a freshman, what that senior did for you, mm-hmm. and what you, as a senior, are going to do for that freshman to help them get through the year and feel great about what they're doing.
1: I feel like um, you're when you're a junior, you're working harder than the first year kids. Because yeah. when you're in when you're in your first year, you don't have a clue how hard you need to work. But when you're a junior, I, I always tell my juniors, you are you are working harder than the new members, even though they're struggling. You're working harder because you you need to be great and you need to support them. Yeah. and that's yeah. I, I and that's like,
0: where the mm-hmm. empowerment comes from. Mm-hmm. They help each other, and then they remember. Oh, I remember that kid when he was a senior. He helped me,
1: mm-hmm. and I'm going
0: to help that kid in that yeah. same way.
2: I like that. I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of a listener who may be in their second year, first year, maybe, uh, you know, in a marching band program that maybe isn't as rooted in a tradition of here's how we do things. What would you suggest to somebody in that situation to get them on the path to where it's almost self-fulfilling, like you're discussing?
0: Use the the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. And that's what I had to do you know, it's not brain surgery. It's marching band. We're playing music. We're moving our feet. And, and, and I think the biggest part for, for me as, as a new band director, uh, I had help. Because you, you can't do it all yourself. Even if you're in a program by yourself. The school I student taught at, uh, Morris Knowles in uh, Morris County, you know, uh, Ed, who was there, he was by himself but he surrounded himself with a staff that knew what they were doing. And that's important because there's no way as a marching band director, you can do everything. If I don't surround myself with people that are talented and people that, that, that don't care about the kids, I'm in trouble. So the, the staff that I have, not only are they talented, but they care about the kids and we work together. We have a great parent organization that provides a huge amount of not only financial support, but manpower, we have a very supportive administration, we have great kids, we have a great staff, and, and if all those things are going, you're in good shape. Now, at first, that might, you might only have two or three of those things going. You, you always have great kids, because no matter what, kids, kids are kids, and then they wanna be great. But if you can get that staff going first, you you gotta surround yourself with somebody, a front ensemble person that knows what they're doing with the keyboards, a drumline person that knows what they're doing with the drumline. One of my first initial projects at West Orange was we didn't have an indoor color guard, and and getting an indoor color guard program established was was a huge huge task. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a an indoor color guard program, once the fall season ends they're gonna keep spinning all the way through april and that was a game changer for our program to have a successful color guard to, to build that indoor color guard to build I mean, to the point where we we've, we've marched two indoor guards at, at, at points which was a lot of work sure uh, but it was i mean it's all for the kids it's all for the program when you have when you empower the kids when you give them a chance to succeed when you give them the opportunities they take them and they run with it.
1: Yeah. As we're, we're rolling through the season and you've got these, you know, um, ensemble rehearsals, uh, I feel like we have a good idea of the structure of the rehearsal. But who's, who's up in the box? Who's on the field? Where, what's everybody doing, uh, the, like staff members during that rehearsal?
0: Yeah, we're lucky on our practice field. We have a great vantage point on this thing called the tower. Mm-hmm. So whoever's up top on the tower is running the rehearsal. And a lot of the time, especially if it's music focused or GE focused, I tend to be up there. Mm-hmm. But I do not want to be up there the whole time because if 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 you know, it's it's kind of turns into Charlie Brown's parents. You know, if I keep hearing the same mistake over and over again, mm-hmm. wah, 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 it, it, you know, you kind of. It, it kind of you kind of go numb from it so especially if it's a visual rehearsal uh, Aaron will get up top and, and she'll run things if it's a visual focus or maybe it's a color guard movement focus we'll even get a color guard staff member up there we try and get other other staff members up top running the rehearsals because we all hear things and see things differently and and I love it when I can get down on the field and 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 all right, second baritones. Well, no, no, no. That's that's an F natural there. All right, let's make sure we're playing louder here. You, you know, I can. So you become a tech? Oh, oh yeah, okay. I I love being a tech, especially since I know the music well, well. I can go around there with my score and do things. And also as as a band director, I love to get down on the field and check in on kids. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to this clarinet player, you know, that that I know is maybe struggling. they will say, hey, how are you doing today? because if I'm always up top it's difficult sometimes to build that relationship with the kids and and, and I want to tr- you're never going to connect with 100 kids the same level uh, all the time you know with with the staff my mem- other staff members up top it's it's like getting judging commentary
1: well, I was going to say individual music. That's a, that's a box. That's
0: a, that's a that's, box.
1: That's, that's a box. So you, you take your bands to competitions. How many do you do a year?
0: We, once we start, we go out every weekend. Okay. okay, We're not spending all this time. We're not spending all this money mm-hmm. to just do football games. Sure. And, and we don't do our show at away football games. Mm. We only do pet band at away games. Mm-hmm. Did you used to do that? Many moons ago, um, uh, when when the Chris Christie draconian budget cuts came many, oh, that's probably about 10 years ago now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, they were looking for places to cut. And I said, you could cut some buses from away football games. And we kept the color guard home. save the gas on the And we didn't and- bring the trucks at that point. We had multiple trucks. We didn't have our 18 wheelers. So we had multiple trucks bringing front ensemble equipment.
2: Did you get pushback from kids, parents, anybody about nope. not doing away games? Nobody, Coaches?
0: Nobody noticed. Wow.
2: Mm.
0: Nobody noticed. Okay. And, uh, it made definitely away football games easier. And and we've actually even taken a little bit, a step further back this year. We're only using half the band for away. I games. was going to ask
1: you, all of your musicians go to away. We're
0: games? trying, uh, half the band this year. We've, We've gone to a number of schools that are like in city type <laughs> uh, stadiums, you know, just wear, yeah. Yeah, stadiums and, and trying to get three or four buses to unload even on the same block. Sometimes it's impossible. It's a logistical nightmare. So we're trying to make that the the, the pep band group a little bit smaller this year uh, just for logistical purposes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. hopefully that'll make life uh, easier for us. But going back to the judges and the yeah, judges oh, yeah, commentary.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um that, but so you get you get a comment you get a tape from a judge how much do you share with your students how 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 do you frame that with your your students what yeah, what, yeah what's that look like for you we
0: we don't care about the competitive part okay. we, we really try and de-emphasize the first place second place third place like whatever you know one of the things i learned uh one of my mentors my first drum corps instructor dennis argill uh, he always talks about the how and the what. I remember him talking about the how and the what. The what you're doing is over here, and the how you do it is over here. It's kind of the way the boxes are designed on a lot of judges' sheets. Mm-hmm. And, and and the what is a lot of what my job is, setting them up for success. The how is the kid's job. They, that, that's where they got to you know, take ownership of how they're doing things and making sure that uh, they're listening to the instructors and actually... Not just listening, but taking our advice and comments and doing something with it, right mm-hmm. and that's where the judge's commentary. if you get a great judging tape that's reinforcing what you're saying, mm-hmm. that's gold yeah uh, and the n j m b d a we've gotten a lot of those tapes now and i and I don't like to take a lot of rehearsal time to listen to tapes, you know, once we get into the season. Maybe not after the first show. Maybe you know it, it really depends on the tape. If you get one of those tapes that have a lot of great comments, you know I won't take a music tape and play that for the color guard. That's a waste of their time. But I'll you know during a, one of our music rehearsals, we'll play a music tape for the winds and the drums. We'll, we'll go through it, and then if there's other tapes that I want the kids to hear, I'll post them in our Google Classroom. Sure, we'll we'll listen to maybe one tape a week, but I might post two or three more depending on the content.
2: I want to take a step back, Lou, and just talk to you about having balance, because it sounds to me like you put a ton of time into not only marching band, but your program during the rest of the year, uh, concert band and, and all of that. How do you balance your work and your home life? Because your wife is also a music teacher. you got Correct. two kids yep. at home. Yep. How do you make it all work? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I try and do is not work from
0: home. You know, I, I, I have a little bit of a, a 45 minute commute living in Sussex County and working in Essex County. And, and I really, one part that's nice about that is by the time I get home, any of the stress, anything that's at school can usually stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm usually pretty good about doing that. My wife, you know, being in in, in high school marching band, you know, being a music educator. She knows she she taught with you marching band, Eric. And uh, so she knows the commitment. So she never gives, really gives me a hard time about anything. Uh, She's, You know, when I have to show up at school before camp at like three in the morning to photocopy drills so it's ready for an eight o'clock rehearsal, she she gets it. I think somebody that didn't do marching band and didn't understand the time constraints might think that we're crazy. I mean, we are crazy, but but you're uh, setting
2: boundaries for yourself. Oh yeah, as to say, okay, this is my school time, and now this is my home time.
0: Yeah, and even at school, uh, you know, I'm a runner. So that's one of the things that I do in my free time to keep my sanity. Yeah. And uh, like, if I have a six to nine rehearsal, I'll have some of that time after school. I'll go for a run. Mm. I, I I can get a decent eight mile run in after school. Grab a quick shower in the uh, coach's office. That physical and mental kind of you know release yeah. uh, it, it is huge. You know, I, I like to read. Uh, I read a lot of Stephen King. Let read a lot of baseball. Yeah, I think you gotta have. You you can't just do marching band. I mean,
1: you'll go nuts. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and and I think it's important as a program. Like once we have championships, you know, uh, the end of October, and then we'll have maybe a couple football playoff games. Maybe not. I mean, that's it. Mm -hmm. That music is done. That show is done. Like we, we. we got to move on because we got jazz band to get ready for. We have our fall concert, you know, balance. There's like that. There's work to life balance, but there's also balance in the program. You know, Mm -hmm. the the marching band is the face of our program, but it's not the tail that wags the dog. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's important that marching band doesn't take over. I mean, marching band can physically take over the band room for, for September and October. And that's fine. But, the end of uh, October it's going to be done.
2: Well, Lou, we really appreciate you taking the time. To come and chat with us here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was enlightening.
1: It really was, and uh, I'm glad we got to we got to go so deep into all this. This is great. We
0: could do it for a couple more hours, but it's I think that uh, this this is plenty. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. So Lou, if
2: anybody that's listening wants to get in touch with you, wants to ask a question, or you know wants to get clarification, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Uh, if you want to just email me the old school way, L. Kelly, L. K. E. L. L. Y. At westorangeschools.org or if uh, you want to find me on uh, the IG,
2: you can uh, find me at Shasti 5 Shasti 5 yeah. If you enjoyed our show today, make sure that you go on Apple Podcasts, give it a rating, give it a review, mm-hmm. and make sure that you subscribe. You can also get in touch with us.
1: You can get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are Take a Q C U E podcast, and uh, we're happy to hear your questions. We're happy to hear your comments. Uh, yeah, let us let us know what you what you think, and come out and talk to us.
2: Take awesome. a Q. Take a Q. Well, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.